Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Seminole Wrap Podcast, a bi-week edition. It is uh, September 12th. You're going to be hearing this one dropping, recording here on Sunday night as John gets ready to watch his Buccaneers play the Cowboys Sunday Night Football. You know the results, but John doesn't. Isn't that exciting? Uh, A a great bi-week for Florida State. No losses, still 2-0. That's always good to see. Uh, The polls, I think, Max, you, you would probably have this better than I did. They were 26th and like 30th or something in the new polls, still unranked, right? Yeah, 32nd, I'm pretty sure, in the AP and 26 in, in coaches pool, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I thought last week that they were going to end up being ranked. I had written up a, a, a pre-write article while I was flying back from New Orleans and uh, surprised to see they weren't. Obviously, with the bye, you're probably not going to uh, jump up, even though this was this ended up being a pretty great bye week for Florida State because college football was drunk. Uh, and Twitter <laughs> deemed, it, deemed it blood week and... Uh, yeah, it, it definitely lived up to the name. I will come back around to that in a bit, but obviously Florida state now gets to shift their attention to Louisville. So we'll start there with a little preview. Of course, I'm Brian Pellerin, your host with John Marchant, Max Scarpio here to talk, talk us through all of it. Um, and yeah, I guess let's just jump right into that. I mean, obviously if you're a Florida state fan, we talked about it all week. You kind of got the Friday night preview, if you will, uh, of what Louisville is. You kind of got to see them in a standalone game and in that kind of primetime window by itself. They're playing at UCF. And um, boy, for a half, Louisville looked terrible. And then the second half, UCF looked terrible. And they were just more terrible than Louisville was, I guess. I don't know. It was it was gross and it was bad. And uh, Louisville won. So that I think it was uh, 20 to 13. I literally just had it up. I should have looked at that before I put it away. Yeah, 20 to 14. Uh, they scored 
10, um, 13 unanswered in the second half. It was 14 to seven and a half and 10, nothing, 13, nothing in the second half. So I don't know if Louisville looked all that great, but I, uh, I don't know if you feel any worse about heading to Louisville this weekend, right, John? Yeah. Um, I wasn't too impressed with what I saw from Louisville. Their run defense is atrocious. I don't understand why UCF stopped running the ball. Um, I, I, and insisted on throwing it with, with, uh, I can't pronounce his name either. John Reese Plumley. I think it's John Reese Plumley. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I should know he was at Ole Miss what, for literally a decade. Right. I think we wanted him at FSU. Whatever the case is, he really struggled throwing the ball. I, I don't understand any of the play calling from UCF. Uh, they, they should have been up. They should have won the game easily. Um, but, you know, Malik Cunningham can be a fun player. He's, he's very dynamic, still inconsistent throwing the ball, but they can put up points in a hurry. And uh, like I said, I, I don't understand. I think UCF kind of gave that game away. But the thing that I like the most is that I think it could be a good matchup for Florida State in that Louisville's run defense looks very suspect. Yeah, and I felt like the part that really caught UCF was that Plumley can't throw. Um, I think I remember him as a baseball player at Ole Miss. I want to say he was like a middle infielder, that that kind of quick arm slot, kind of quick throw, short, short kind of throw type of stuff. Easy for me to say. And um, I just didn't think he really tested Louisville to the outside. And it felt like they were just like, we're going to pack the inside and try to force them to force him to make a sideline throw or a deep throw. And he just couldn't. Uh, that that was more or less where it landed. And honestly, if they try the same thing against Florida State, I don't feel all that great about the receivers still where I'm willing to say when they go on the road that they can handle that. But uh, I do have more faith in Jordan Travis making good throws than I do in Plumlee. Uh, Max, how do you think this receiving group in, in that type of atmosphere could hang up on, on a Friday night? Any any concerns heading towards Louisville? I mean, I think the receivers just play through whatever, however Jordan Travis was that game. and. I think, I mean, John just hit the nail. Like I was watching the game and I, I saw Johnny Richardson just, just hit the gas for a couple of runs. And I, I just like the first thing I thought of was Trey Benson, Trey Sean Ward. And I was like, they're going to have a field day. Like maybe nothing crazy, but I was like, Oh my, I, I actually like just had a huge smile on my face. I was like, Oh my gosh, they're playing a team that they can just, that just meant for them to just score so many points on. So the receivers are going to do good and the running backs are just going to open up space for them. Yeah. And it feels like the schedule lined up perfect for that, right? Because they got, they got a chance to watch Louisville set that up. And, and I'm sure you weren't the only person that had a smile on your face like that. I'm sure lots of FSU fans and especially Alex Atkins was probably like, yeah, yeah, we can, we can do something with these guys. Uh, so I, I think we talked about it before the preseason and we asked, I think I forget what the episode was, but we did like a, what's the biggest game on the schedule. And a lot of the commenters said LSU, but a lot of them said Louisville as well. So, I mean, this does come at a big point, right? You, you have built your momentum. You're knocking on the door of ranked, and it feels like you need to have it. Um, but obviously, there's still a lot of uh, a lack of confidence in Florida State, even if we sit here and say, we see the path to a win, right? We see that Florida State can run the ball, make give Jordan a handful of throws to make when he needs to make them, and that should be a recipe for success. But this opens as a pick em. So, I, I mean, it looks like either Florida State's not getting the respect we think they are or people are just not buying what they saw. That surprised you, John? Oh, a little bit, yeah. I think I heard LSU went out. I, I can't remember who they played. 
but they put up 50 points last week. Yeah, they played Southern this week, which is the oh, uh, HBCU FCS school in, in Baton Rouge. I mean, that was that was going to be a bludgeoning. Oh, yeah. But still, I mean, they obviously can put up points. That's what you would expect a decent offense to do against um, a lower-tiered program. So I, I am a little surprised, especially because I think it is a good matchup for Florida State. Um, I don't know. I mean <laughs> – I thought that they had an outside chance with all of the, the like you said, blood week in college football this past <laughs> weekend. Very, very, very fun. Um, but I thought they had an outside chance of getting ranked. I think I heard, they were, like you said, the 26th, the coaches poll. Um, so he beat Louisville and you're ranked for the first time in a couple of seasons, right? I mean, it's right. as simple as that. And after Louisville, I mean, look, now the question is how far can they go, right? And I think that, if this program or not this program, I should say this team is who we think they are. They should beat Louisville, right? I know right. it's on the road. I know it's Friday night. Louisville's atmosphere is going to be insane. This team is, uh, I think it was actually better that they beat UCF because they're not as desperate as they would be if they were 0 and 2. So hopefully FSU kind of some of these soft factors play into their favor. They come away with the wind. I, I think that they are going to beat Boston college next the week after. Okay. Cause I don't think Boston college is any good. So I'm thinking that FSU should be 4-0. If they're 3-1, though, I'll take it. But they should be 4-0. And I think, I don't know, is it Wake is the, the fifth fifth game? Yeah, Wake yeah, is. Thanks, Max. Yeah. So Wake's the fifth game. So I think FSU should be 4-0 going to Wake, and that's going to be amazing. But I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. I, I'm just <laughs> – again, I really, really want this. I, LSU was a bigger test, but Louisville looks vulnerable. I think it's a good matchup for Florida State. I am surprised they're doing it as a pick or with FSU just as a one-point favorite. Um, I, I would even be comfortable picking FSU win by 13, I think, 10 to 13. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think I completely agree with you, though. I mean, it's too – like, it's a lot to ask for, and it's a lot to want out of a team that went 0-4 last season to just start the season 4-0, but it's completely – like it can happen for sure. You see Boston College, who's 0-2 right now. You see Louisville, who has slumps in the offensive end, doesn't has doesn't have a great defense to play with. So it's definitely available there for Florida State, and and they need it. They need it going into a tough October where they play Wake Forest, they play Clemson, they play NC State. They need to just keep not steamrolling these teams, but they need to keep building up these wins against those colleges. They just just like Boston College and Louisville, that they have to win. Yeah, and, and I told – so what I would warn is I told myself last year, and, and John, I know we had a good laugh at this over the offseason, but I sat here this – I think it was the same week, this Sunday, and uh, said I have no confidence that they can win a single game this season. <laughs> uh, that was after the Jacksonville State loss. Obviously, I was wrong. They, they put together a five and seven year, which worked out. But I, I, I told myself this year to not overreact to what I saw the week before. And so obviously this is a bye week, but if I go back to the, to the LSU game, I don't want to overreact and say, like go to Jared versus level and say FSU's back. Um, I would have confidence probably laying three with Florida state. I probably wouldn't go higher than that. Uh, I still have my concerns in the receiver room. Um, just, I mean, Pokey played great, but I mean, there were still those bad drops that, could have cost you the game. I mean, you know, if, if that one t- tight end pass over the middle is caught, if uh, Johnny Wilson catches his touchdown, uh, Michael Pittman had the chance at the fourth down touch. Like you left a lot of points out there. And if Malik Cunningham is playing like Malik Ken, that could be a problem. 
um, where, I mean, I see the path to winning and I see the path to 14 points and I'm more confident in a 14 point win than I am like a 14 point loss. But I, I just, I, I'm telling myself to stay grounded and keep, keep my mind focused, right? Which right in front of me, I'm trying to do it like a coach, I guess, or, or, or a player that they should play the game in front of you and let's, let's win it first. But I, I am with you, John. I, I do see the path to four and O and that was kind of part of that, that fun weekend from Boston, from uh, college football, because Boston college looks bad. Yeah. Um, part of that is they've got a lot of injuries. I know they lost one of their NFL prospects in the off season uh, with an in- surprise injury that cost them a lot. It was a, uh, I forget, I think it was their guard maybe. And then this week they were out a tackle and their, their star defensive end. Um, but I mean, they still haven't looked good really at all. So, I mean, if you look at the schedule, Louisville does set up as a very winning, winnable game. Boston college has some guys, but they haven't looked like a unit. I mean, and, and really the rest of the ACC hasn't looked all that great either. I mean, Clemson playing this week, I believe it was Furman. It was yeah. like, I mean, they were okay. I mean, thir- I mean, it was a 35, 12. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. 35, 12. They were, they were fine. Um, but I didn't look at that and go, Whoa, Clemson. Well, yes, I think I think Drake made the QB at North Carolina. I think he's unbelievably good, but North Carolina has no defense, right? Not that if he plays though, but I'm just we're just having fun, right? Right. Uh, Clemson is exactly the same as they were last year. I think that they're going to have to move away from um, DJ Uyango Lang, move to Cade Klubnik, I think his name is, sooner rather than later. And the sooner they do it, the better. I don't know that uh, Dabo is going to do that, but they should. Clemson's the same. Uh, their defense is still incredibly good. Boston College, their offensive line is bad, like just for some of the reasons that you had mentioned. They gave up an incredible amount of pressures on Jerkovic to, to even to their first opponent. I forgot who it was. They're not very good, though. It was an FCS team, I think, right? Whoever it was, they played, played week one. Um, who else? Uh, NC State is dangerous. They still look good. Yeah. I think that that first game against ECU, whatever, I, I think NC State is going to be a really tough out. Yeah, Even Clemson will be a tough out, even though they were the same the same team that they were last year, uh, more or less. Um, I don't know, Max, what, what, huh? No, I was telling you, like, the, like Wake Forest. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah, like, Wake Forest. Wake Forest yes. is going to be really, really tough. I still think they're better than Florida State. Sam Hartman looked good, huh? 300 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, he, they're going to be, yeah. Um, there's an outside chance that they win the Atlantic again. Who knows? But I could see FSU. I think FSU is probably the worst, the third best team in the Atlantic. Um, if they can get to 4-0 and then they beat Wake, again, I will come back on the spot one more time and tell all kinds of lies about how they're going to go 15-0. and I'm just kidding. But they – man, it's fun, though. This team is fun, This you know, especially with this last, last week of the college football, man. It's been uh, – I'm so excited. This is going to be a fun, fun year, I think. Well, I got to push you on something. Hold on. I got to push him on something. You said that they're the third best team in the Atlantic at at worst. So I, you also said you don't think they're better than Clemson, NC State, and Wake? Yeah, but I think what I'm well, – I think they're going to take one of those three games is what I'm saying. Okay. I, on paper right now, yes, FSU would be fourth. But I think out of those three games, they'll manage to steal one. That's my hope and expectation. Um, but – Again, who knows? If they go, if they lose all three, I think FSU's still fine. I think they could still win eight. Even I mean, you lose all three, win nine, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I again, I still probably don't think they're going to beat Florida, but I think eight wins is is a solid target. 
Can you can you give me the inside scoop of who you think the the win will be in those three teams? <laughs> oh man, that's a good question. I'm just curious. right now. Yeah, I'd, I'll guess. Right now, I'd say, but Raleigh's impossible for FSU yeah. to win. A, that's what I said. I, I guess, was like, I simply refuse to believe it's going to be a, it's going to be North Carolina, NC State. Right. I, I, okay. So I'll <laughs> say this. I think NC State is the more vulnerable team, but going into Raleigh's impossible. So I'll say Wake somehow. Yeah, because I think I think Wake as well, but. It's just, I mean, if they if they're four zero or if they're three and one, are they going to keep moving that ball and having that yeah. four? Like, are they going to just going to keep going, or is Wake just going to punch him in the mouth? I don't know, man. That's, that's a great question. I, again, we're we're talking about having them having a really good September, uh, a tough October, maybe a fun November, December kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, and we've we've alluded to it a bunch, but I mean just the college football weekend that was too, that kind of sets up really interestingly for them. I mean, Miami didn't look great against Southern Miss. They get the fun game this week against uh, Texas A&M who had their own fun game and the loss to Appalachian state. I mean, uh, Jimbo just getting absolutely steamrolled. They, they never had the ball. Their offense was awful. And we can circle back around to that one too. Florida, uh, Anthony Richardson's Heisman campaign fell apart really quick. Uh, he threw his first touchdown of the year to Kentucky on a pick six, and, and they just got blasted. Um, I think he blasted when they lost two scores at home. Uh, elsewhere, Notre Dame losing to Marshall. Um, trying to think of the other, other big ones that were just chaotic games all over the place. Alabama somehow gets out of Texas with a win. Uh, obviously, none of that, not none of that, but the the uh, AM Jimbo one is certainly interesting, and the Florida one, because last week everyone was running around that Florida beat this great Utah team, and they're back. They jumped from unranked to number 12. Uh, Billy Napier, the greatest hire of all time in the history of sports, and uh, boy, did they look bad. They looked really bad. Yeah, I mean, it was. if you're a Florida State fan, it was definitely a fun weekend. I don't even know where to start. Twitter had a field day with <laughs> Twitter had a field day with, with Jimbo. Um, even the, the Texas Aggie, I think it was the SB Nation site, <clears throat> just melted down. That was some good popcorn. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let me ask you this, John. You talk about a lot on the rebuild here for Norvell, right? And yeah. you, you constantly bring up, you know, he's got to have years. He's got to have time to stack his classes. This is your five for Jimbo. And he just brought in the greatest recruiting class in the history of the sport. But his win-loss record is worse than Kevin Sumlin was there. Is is Jimbo just not what he was? Uh, I've seen some people saying, you know, Jimbo without Jameis ain't all that at all. Um, I, I guess what do you what do you think is going on with Jimbo over there? Um, I think it's a little bit of all of that. I, I you know, he's got a reputation. People say I don't know that his staff. I haven't paid too much attention to it, right? So I'm just. Some of these things I have a really good idea of. I, I do think Jameis was a big part of it. I don't think he's had a quarterback anywhere close to Jameis um, before or since. Because um, he did, he has recruited really well at Texas A&M, right? Just as well as he recruited at Florida State. And their offense was bad against Appalachian State, right? Awful. I Awful. think they had a kick return for a touchdown. So all their other, they only had one other offensive score or something like that. Yeah, they, I think they they had one. I think I saw something where they ran. I watched the game because uh, to, just to to have fun with it. My my sister and and brother in law both went to Texas A and M and had a fun time making fun of me for LSU losing to Florida State last week. 
So I uh, just sent it in the family text in the third quarter. I was like, we want to talk about it because this is going pretty bad. And they were like, we're going to win. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, I, even some of the Texas A&M fans uh, get on their meltdown. We're pointing out that it didn't even have a winning culture at Texas A&M, right? They didn't give that kind of effort. You yeah, know, no. so you had a lot of FSU fans who were making jokes about the promise notes that Jimbo made FSU players sign while he was here. And, it's, you know, now it's time to break out the promise notes at Texas A&M. So there's something going on with how Jimbo is coaching these guys. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with having that quarterback, right? If 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 Jameis is on the Texas A&M team instead of Haynes King the other day, do they win? I mean, how many points they put up? 30, 40? I don't know. I, so, yeah, I think part of it is that he just doesn't have a quarterback. I haven't paid enough attention to see if Jimbo has – I did watch a lot of the game, but I wasn't paying attention for the kinds of things like, has he evolved his offense? Does it still require a very high-level, advanced quarterback to make all these option you know, reads and all this other stuff? I, I don't know that stuff. I just know that their offense is garbage. I mean, even the offensive line is bad. They're just – much worse for the talent that he's brought in. I still believe that winning in college football, 80% of that is, is talent recruiting is getting more, better, faster, bigger guys than who you're playing. He's done that. So I don't understand what the problem is that that tells me that it's coaching either it's a staff or, you know, I still, I'm still believing that Jimbo is one of the best coaches in college football, maybe him and, and Dan Mullen and getting the most out of the talent they have with a quarterback. Haynes King is young. He would need more time. Uh, but like you said, the fifth year. There's no more excuses. But right. hilariously, I think his buyout something like $90 million. Yeah, it's, it's extravagant. So they can't get rid of him anytime soon. So I'm going to just enjoy this for as long as it lasts because it's going to last quite a while. Well, I, I guess one more follow-up on it. I, the tail end of Jimbo's time at Florida State obviously kind of started putting this where it is. Obviously, it, it really bottomed out, cratered more so under under Taggart. But the, the start of that he all, you know, the, the joke was always, I just needed better, we need better facilities. And I need, you know, I mean, AM has unloaded the oil rig of money on top of this program. Uh, it just feels like he's out of excuses or, or he just, I don't know if he just, he had his, his quarterback and that was, that was really that important to have a guy like Jameis or, you know, I mean, it just felt like he clowned on a and um, on Florida state when he left for A&M and he ain't doing nothing with it. Yeah. The last point I'll make on that is I, the people who say, that this is who Jimbo is as a coach, and he's always going to lose that game that he shouldn't lose at least one every year. They're right. I don't know how you could say that they're not right. That's who they were before at Florida State, before Jameis, and that's who all of his Jimbo's teams have been after Jameis. Right? Even 2014 with Jameis, they try to do that um, every single week in 2014. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just all of his teams are always like that. It does, And he's a great recruiter, but I think maybe his reputation may start changing to being mostly a great recruiter and uh, a decent developer of quarterback talent given time. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, they next get Texas A&M or Texas A&M gets Miami there in College Station. Max, you uh, I think you went – did you go viral on your on your Miami video this weekend on Twitter just making fun of their crowd over there, or, or was it just a, a modest little pop, or what, what, what happened there making fun of that? No, I don't think I don't think it went viral. But oh, okay. I thought it. I, I thought it was on the start of Good Morning America, but that's my fault. <laughs> no, a lot of people were talking about it. I mean, I was looking at the game. Yeah, my friends were sending me a lot of videos. The fans were were nowhere to be found. The, the stadium was not empty, but man, it was. <laughs> there was. Def- I think it was 
46 or 45,000 people was, was the listed attendance. So no shot. I guess it's yeah, no shot. It was that. Okay. No. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that either, but. Well, it, it wasn't, I mean, I'll give them, it was a noon kick in Miami. It's not exactly a, a fun time to be at the ball at the, uh, I call it the ballpark at the stadium, but um, obviously, you know, Miami now heads over there and it feels like between AM's terrible offense. And I don't, I, I mean, Miami hasn't really been impressive in their two games. They've been good. They've won them both, but they haven't been impressive. I mean, Max, are you, I mean, obviously we'll probably keep an eye on this one since Florida state plays on Friday, but uh, any expectations on that one? I mean, I was watching the, I was watching the Alabama Texas game. And then my friend was talking about, about Miami struggling. So I had to put on the Miami game and their offense was just, it, it was, it couldn't find the next man. I think Henry Parrish and, and Restrepo were the only options. Tyler Van Dyke had a pick called off. Like he was having, he was really struggling. Their offensive line, I think is, is worse than they thought it was going to be. So they definitely have struggles on their offense. The linebacker room is young. They think it's going to be good, but it's young. There's, there's troubles on that team that everyone thought that like, not, not their back, but they're coming back and they're just going to like kick everyone right from the start. But there's definitely holes in that team right now. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see because I still think they probably go into college station and have a pretty strong chance to win. I haven't looked at the line. I assume it's close to a pick them. Uh, if not, maybe if uh, they're favored there. But um, I'm definitely interested in what that looks like because this will be the first chance to really see Miami. It's another one of those teams on Florida State's schedule to see what they really look like against that higher tier talent. And I wonder how much, you know, for all the talking we did this offseason about TVD and how great he looked at the end of last season, does a new coaching staff really wreck that? Because, I mean, it was just a few weeks ago, I was sitting on here preaching about how great I thought Virginia was going to be. That offense is electric. They're going to put up points. Uh, they had like 12 punts this weekend. They lost like 24 to three. They went three and out. There was like three, their, their drive charge was like three and out, three and out, three and out, nine, nine plays and a missed field goal. Turnover on downs on four plays, three and out, 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 game over. Like they, I think, got like three first downs. And, you know, I, they were electric last year and just putting up points. The defense was terrible. But you wonder how much of that is like, and now new coach who wants you to do things slightly different, where maybe last year when Manny Diaz was just like, hey, kid, just go sling it. Yeah. And I was listening yeah. to the broadcast and they were talking about Tyler Van Dyke, who I think they, it was the last like five or six games who, he just kept heating up and heating up throughout the season last year. But now he comes into a new season having to figure out a whole playbook. And one of their biggest issues is just like Florida State, their wide receiver room is very poor, like very poor. They have one, two options, and then their, their depth is just very poor in their wide receiver room. And Tyler Van Dyke is having that big issues with that. Yeah, so we'll get a good chance to see that this Saturday. It would certainly be interesting to, to, to keep an eye on. And uh, that actually made me think of the other wide receiver group I thought was terrible this week was Alabama's. So when Florida State plays them in the national title, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. <laughs> no, but, I mean, that receiving group looked bad too. I mean, uh, I don't – you know, we sit here a lot and talk about, you know, Florida State's receiver group struggling. But it seems like it's a problem a, a, a lot of places where even, you know, Alabama is struggling to find guys who can consistently get open, consistently hang on to the ball. Um, I mean, that's a Heisman quarterback they've got over there that they just simply couldn't find guys to hang on to the ball. It felt like he was hitting dudes in the chest or, yeah. you know, as they, they he recognizes zone, wants the guy to sit down in it, and he just keeps running. 
throws it five yards behind him and then, you know, off the field we go. So it seems like a lot of teams like Miami and them are running into that same problem. So hopefully with, with the chemistry that uh, Jordan Travis seems to have with his guys, that picks up quicker for them than it maybe seems for other programs. Um, we kind of briefly mentioned a Notre Dame loss too. Uh, <laughs> Marcus Freeman losing his home opener. He starts 0-3. Uh, as much as Brian Kelly got clowned on last week, it, that, that kind of flip switch flipped real fast because it was like, man, Brian Kelly looks ridiculous against Florida State. And look at Marcus Freeman hanging tight with Ohio State. And then, I mean, Marshall just went in there and just beat him. And it really wasn't any really fluky. It was just a straight up beat him. Yeah, I mean, I like I like Freeman, so I yeah. do kind of feel a little bit bad. Uh, but but it's Notre Dame, so I don't feel bad at all. Uh, <laughs> if, if that makes any sense. Um, no, that was oh my god, I had so much fun watching that. Um, yeah, I wish all the bad things for Notre Dame and only them. Um, I really <laughs> well, I enjoyed that. Too. I yeah. was like, I'm here to watch Notre Dame lose. My friend was like, Hey, you watching this Notre Dame game? I was like, No, I'm not. Flipped over. I was like, Ooh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and same thing, man. I don't know. Freeman did one of those things where when he took over, it was it was fun, and and it and it was, you know, like uh, the the team kind of rallied around him real fast. But it just felt like they didn't really seem, I don't know, organized or like they had a real plan. Like it felt like the offense was the same thing, just totally sputtering. And uh, I think they threw a pick six too, but it just felt like they just didn't really quite have it. Uh, which was definitely interesting to see. So it seems like, a, you know, a lot of those programs, and maybe this is the beginnings of the NIL effects, where maybe that backup doesn't want to be the backup anymore, where you stack the talent. Obviously, I think it'll be years before we really see it. Um, but I don't know. Oh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of teams with bad quarterbacks. So I, don't, I just don't think there's enough talent to go around, honestly. Yeah, and it just seems like, well, I mean, you look at <laughs> I mean, Texas A&M, to go back to them, their, their big transfer quarterback was the guy at LSU last season who I would have told you was the worst person I've ever seen play quarterback. But I think that was largely because his brother is like a five-star tight end that Jimbo just wanted. So he was like, yeah, you can come be quarterback for me. Flipped both of them. But, I mean, yeah, there's just not enough quarterbacks. So I think if you look around and you're at Florida State and you go, you know what, we got a pretty good one. We've got a really good one. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Jordan Travis is good. I, I get the ACC. I say that there's not enough quarterback talent to go around, and that's true. But the ACC has quite a few good quarterbacks, and I, I think Travis is is one of those guys. He's not as a pure passer. He's not better than than Drake May, but uh, all together, he's he's as good. He could beat. I mean, I think he gives Florida State a chance in pretty much any game against an ACC opponent this year, except yeah, maybe, except for maybe Clemson. I guess it sucks to see too, because you talk about the the bad quarterback play throughout the country, and then you're gonna have to play Devin Leary and DJ mm-hmm. and or Clay Kublick, and you play all these guys when when you're looking around seeing all the the poor quarterback play. <laughs> you're right, Hart- right. Hartman, Richardson, Leary, whoever DJ's bitch. backup was, you just mentioned TVD. Oh, just a wonderful schedule. Yeah, yeah. But I agree with Max's point. I think Miami their their best receiving target is Restrepo. Other than him, there's not a whole lot there. Uh, I think the funniest thing about Miami's attendance, because Cristobal, I heard, made a couple excuses for it. And then uh, Hard Rock Stadium, or whatever it's called now, is uh, was just chock full of Dolphins fans today. And then the stadium <laughs> was packed. So uh, that was pretty funny. They just don't show up for the Canes. That's, that's all. Except unless it's Florida State. They don't show up. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I... Uh... 
I guess we'll find out, right? We'll find out when when Florida State travels down there what that crowd looks like. Oh, no, there'll be a big crowd. <laughs> I was going to say, that one will be it's, full. It'll be wild. You know, and I want to say this too is, man, Anthony Richardson did look really good the other week. So I'm a little surprised that, that he was so bad against Kentucky. And I know Mark Stoops is a good coach. Yeah. If Norvell doesn't ever make it, he, he wouldn't be the worst. Not that he'd win a, a national title at FSU. But he wouldn't. You know, they FSU would be a solid program under Mark Stoops, in my opinion. But I could not believe how bad Richardson was. That was kind of wild. What was, Kentucky, what was the problem? I didn't Kentucky's got a great defense. Um, was one of the things like my dad for out of nowhere. He's not a big gambler and, and uh, whatever. But he texted me out of nowhere, like in the middle of the day yesterday, and was like, "Hey, got a good bet for you. Everybody's on it. Uh, Florida, Kentucky over fifty and a half." And I was like, I texted him back. I was like, "Kentucky's got a great defense. Where did that go? Like, where does that come from? I have no idea where that came from." I was like, "I feel like that game might end up in the forties." And sure enough, it did because Kentucky's defense. I mean, they shut him out in the second half. Um, but he made some throws that just look, I mean, the pick six, he threw it and the receiver like ran a streak and there was nobody within 10 yards of the ball. It was a safety cornerback, just breaking clean down the sideline, right on it. It was by himself. Um, he just, I mean, I mean, Mark Stoops is a good defensive coordinator. He probably confused him quite a bit. We'll see if Richardson gets better, man. Cause he's, he's a really good runner and he was making checks at the line that first week. Um, he was doing some some stuff that, you know, if he continued to develop, you'd be like, yeah, maybe maybe you could have an NFL future. But, man, I was – whatever, I was rough for him. So, um, it was nice to see Florida lose. I, again, this is this is the thing that sucks so much, right? It's so much fun, but then we I know we have to play them, and he's probably going to play like uh, Cam Newton. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, well, you get him at the end of the season too, right? You get him – yeah. he gets his – to build up his confidence, get back together, regroup. I mean, maybe if you right. get any luck, they, they're bad towards the end of the year, and he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to just wait for the draft. Or mentally you, checks out. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, man. This is I think this is going to be a fun season. I think FSU wins seven or eight. I'm hoping for eight. Um, oof, I hope they steal one out of Wake, Clemson, and NC State. Definitely need one in October. Yeah. Well, you got Georgia Tech in October, so that helps. Well, oh, there you go. In October. <laughs> They won't just, go winless. Yeah, you need to steal one of the other ones. Just to quickly, before we go ahead and got out of here, just a couple of other games to keep an eye on this weekend. Um, we mentioned the one thing for the, obviously, FSU and Louisville, that's at that's 7.30 on Friday night. That's on ESPN. Uh, Syracuse plays Purdue at noon, ESPN2. Syracuse has looked not terrible. They, they're um, good. Yeah, they look pretty good. So I, I would keep an eye on that one. Because they don't look bad. Uh, and you get them towards the end of the year. And so if they keep that together, it's a November 12th game. So right after Miami, I think you're on the road for that one too. So right now they're they're favored to win. Syracuse is favored to, to beat Florida State right now. That doesn't surprise me. Well, there you go. So I that mean offense they, looks good. Yeah. I mean they, they, Sean, they just Sean, beat their running back is just incredible. Yeah, they beat um Louisville. Was it week one 28-7 or something like they that? I mean, they beat them pretty good. Yeah. Louisville. Yeah, so I would put an eye on that one. Uh, Texas Tech is at NC State, 7 o'clock, also on ESPN2. Um, so that's another one to keep an eye on. Texas Tech looks okay. Uh, they had their back, they're using a backup quarterback right now, but could be a fun one to watch there. Um, Virginia host uh, Old Dominion that beat Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago. Might be fun. <laughs> um, and then that Miami Texas AM game, that's a 9 p.m. kickoff. So maybe get the coffee out late or something. But uh, I oh, think those are the three Saturday games I would probably keep my eye on. You know what's also fun is that should have been game day, 
but Texas <laughs> A&M blew it. So now they're going to go to Boone to watch Appalachian State play in a no, a no nothing game. App State stole the win and college game day. Yeah, from from Miami, which I mean, again, that's hilarious. But yeah, it dropped A and M all the way down to twenty fourth, from six to twenty fourth, and yeah, Miami is Miami's a six point underdog. Now that I'm looking at it in that game. Really, Texas Texas A and M minus six. See, that would be the best outcome is if A and M beats Miami, because then they both have a loss. Well, I, mean, I guess they're they're looking for revenge in College Station. Yeah, big crowd. Maybe they can call it a look ahead. They'll figure it out this week. But yeah, that offense looks bad. Looks bad. The AM's yeah. offense looks real bad. It looked bad against Sam Houston State. Looks, looks it, it, pretty bad it'll again. Be, it'll be really interesting to see how Miami does against a defense with a lot of talent. Yeah, a very a very fast team, too, right? I mean, when you have those many, when I think about five stars, all that type of stuff, you, I'm, I'm always thinking fast guys cover sideline to sideline well. And so when you face that type of athletes, I think it's interesting to see what your team looks like. Right. So certainly something to keep an eye on those games. And then, of course, the Florida State's the big one. They get to open Friday to decide how the rest of your week goes. Um, just in case, I'll throw this out there. I'm going to the Auburn-Penn State game this week in case anyone's up there. Uh, just hit me up in the comments on one of these articles or something. I'd love to love to catch up with you and have a beer. We will watch the Florida State game together on a Friday. I'm sure some of you guys live up there, right, close enough. Uh, so I'll be at that one. I'll keep that one on my eyes. But uh, Florida State, Louisville, the, the we called it the Spider-Man meme earlier this season. I think at this point we got plenty more confidence in Florida State's ability to uh, win on the shoulders of Jordan Travis than I do in Louisville's on the shoulders of Malik Cunningham. So uh, we'll have to see how it goes. But I, I feel like we this this podcast feels pretty good about the chances of going to 3-0. and oh. Of course, we'll be back here next Monday let you know how it went. You'll already know by that point. But that's the beauty of it. We don't know how they went right now. So that's it for Brian, John, Max. John, what's that uh, Cowboys score? 3-3. Uh, three, three. Oh, wow. Barn burner. So there you go. There's your live update one day after it happened. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's a wrap.